0: A reading from the book of Galatians. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
1: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, He set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord
2: May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. My older son Elijah and I like to go on hikes. Uh, Living in the East Bay as we do, there's tons of parks with tons of trails, some of which are surprisingly right in the middle of the city of Oakland. There are parks in Oakland that are so woodsy, uh, you might think that you're up on Mount Tam or in Muir Woods, but you're minutes away from, from downtown Oakland or Lake Merritt. And the first time that I ever took him on a trail like this was when he was not quite three years old. It was just after our younger son was born, and I was looking, I was kind of desperate, frankly, for some excuse to get him out of the house and some activity to keep us both occupied. And we drove to this little park near our house. It's called Leona Canyon. As the name implies, it's a canyon. And there's a little stream that comes down from the top of the canyon, and a little trail that goes by the stream and goes up the canyon, crossing the stream a couple of times by bridges. And uh, he was so small and had such a low center of gravity that he, he made quick work of the trail and was instantly enamored with the practice uh, and the uh, activity of hiking. And ever since then, when the two of us have time, we make a plan and try to get out for an afternoon and, and hike one of our favorite trails in the East Bay. And after doing Leona Canyon for a while, we discovered there was another trail not too far from our house called Sausal Creek. And again, Sausal Creek is in the middle of a little canyon that kind of runs right through the city, and because it's surrounded by a city, uh, the trail and the, the, the wildness of that area had sort of fallen into disrepair. The trail had gone unmaintained for some years, and the creek was rather polluted. Uh, and m- maybe about 10 or 12 years ago, some of the neighbors in, the, in, the, uh, in that part of the city had organized and started to restore the creek and restore the trail and maintain portions of it But it was still somewhat dodgy. There might be parts of the trail that were overgrown or trees that had fallen across the trail. So because it required some effort to concentrate and pay attention to stay on the trail, Elijah uh, inaugurated himself as the scout for our expedition. And he would run ahead and suss out where it was that the trail might be veering off in another direction or if it crossed the creek, he would make sure that we were staying on the trail and if there was a tree down over the trail he would figure out how to get around usually he could go under them um, and all the while telling me how important the scout's job was and how much hard work it was to be a scout and maybe if i tried hard enough and was studious enough i too someday could be a scout like he was (laughs) and it was great and very entertaining but then at one point he kind of blew my mind he said A good scout always keeps his mind on his
0: business.
2: (laughs) No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. A scout is leading us on a trail that's difficult, full of obstacles, splits in uncertain directions, and, and forces us to make choices the outcome of which is unknown to us. This is exactly what it means to follow Jesus in pursuit of the kingdom of God. And it's difficult. It's costly. Jesus, at the beginning of this passage from Luke's gospel this morning, it says he set his face to Jerusalem. That's a clue. It's an indicator. Our ears are supposed to prick up when we hear that because we know that he knows He's going to Jerusalem to die. He's going to Jerusalem to die for the sake of the kingdom of God. And he knows that, and he sets his face towards Jerusalem. And then he invites others to follow him to do that. And when they do offer to follow him, each and every one of them makes one or another kind of excuse about how they can't quite follow him just now or in the way that he's inviting them to. And he's not having it. He's not accepting their excuses because he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth about the kingdom of God, which is it's a place of great beauty, but it's very difficult to get there. The reason it's difficult is because it costs us our ego. It costs us our desire to be cared for in exchange for our ability to care for others. It costs us our desire to be the center of attention, In exchange for our giving attention to others, our finding and seeking those who are on the margins. It costs Jesus his life. And if we were as faithful a disciple as Jesus was, it would cost us our life too. So Jesus proclaims the kingdom and invites us to follow him to it, but he's pretty clear about the terms of what it means to go on this particular hike with him. And like a good scout, he keeps his mind on his business. And he doesn't let anybody distract him or deviate him from the path that leads to the Father. This past week, my son Elijah has been a camper up at St. Dorothy's Rest, which is an Episcopal summer camp in Sonoma County. He's been there with me when I've served as a chaplain for that camp, and he's been there for a short period of time as a camper, but this year he's there for a whole week without mom or dad uh, at the Russian River camp, started last Monday, and his, his mom has probably picked him up by now. And I know, because I've been the chaplain at that camp, that on Thursday of that week, all the campers and all the counselors go for a hike from St. Dorothy's to Goat Rock Beach in, on the Sonoma Coast, and it's 10 miles. The campers are age 8 through 12, and there's 80 of them How long do you think it takes and how much work do you think it requires to get 80, eight to 12-year-olds to walk 10 miles to the ocean? It's a lot of work. (laughs) And there's no turning back. You cannot go back to camp. If you get tired, you keep going. If you get a blister, you keep going. If you run out of water, you keep going. All the counselors are with you. There's nobody back at camp, and it's just as long of a walk to get back there. You have to keep going. So the way you get there is by sharing each other's burdens. The counselors are encouraging the children, carrying bags for them, providing them with snacks and water. You take a lot of breaks. There's a famous story. One year, a counselor named Grace ended up carrying a bag with a camper's poop in it. Okay? just to let you know the cost that these counselors pay (laughs) to take care of these kids and walk with them on their journey to the ocean where, when they get there, there's a big party waiting for them and they get to celebrate their accomplishment. Jesus proclaims the kingdom of God and calls us to walk in his way and follow him. Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, reminds the people of the church that we are all in it together. We are approaching the celebration of Independence Day, the great anniversary of our country's uh, declaration of freedom from the tyranny of colonial rule. In popular political discourse in America, freedom has come to mean one thing, but in scripture and in religious tradition, it means something quite different. And I want to just highlight this for a moment because the point of Paul's letter is lost on us if we don't understand what he means when he says that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Now, when I was a kid <clears throat> and you got into some sort of argument with your neighbor, the, the, the thing that you did was to injure him or his property in some way and then stand back and say, hey, it's a free country. I can do what I want. All right? This is the juvenile reasoning of what freedom is and which passes for a good definition in much of popular discourse in our country today. Freedom is equated to a kind of individual liberty in which the desires of the individual are sacrosanct. It's a free country. I can do what I want. Paul says something else. Paul says, in Christ we are free, but free to what? Free to choose love by which we are bound to one another in a kind of slavery is the word that he uses. Through love, he says, be slaves to one another. Now, for the American mind, equating freedom with slavery is just like crazy talk, right? But this is religion. This is the religion of love which is only achieved through a profound commitment to God and to one another. As Paul says, the whole of the law is summed up in a single commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. We don't achieve the freedom that God gives us if we claim it all for ourselves and ignore our brother or sister. So, remembering Jesus, who who leads the way, the scout, who keeps his mind on his business, who blazes the trail through the wilderness and to the kingdom of God. Let us also remember the words of Paul who reminds us that the whole collected community of people is responsible for one another to carry each other's burdens, to share each other's food and water, to strengthen and encourage each other when our feet are sore and it's hot and we have blisters and we're five miles out and five miles away from the ocean. Keep going. Stick together. Bear one another's burdens and through love be slaves to one another. In this way, may we all achieve the freedom given to us in Christ and produce for ourselves and the world the kingdom of God revealed to us in Jesus. Amen.